Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope the week is treating you well. Welcome back to another Q&A episode. Today, we are answering a relationship question texted in to the podcast phone line. As a reminder, you can call or text your questions into 828 828- Three three eight nine one two seven. I answer one every single Wednesday. Now let's get into today's question. Hi, Sarah Jane. My name is Anna. I just discovered your podcast. I actually live in Brevard. Oh, hello. I've been working with a therapist who uses Enneagram in her work and have recently started to explore that more as a guide in my relationship. I'm an anxious six married to a very masculine high energy eight. Needless to say, an instruction manual would be helpful. I've been looking through episodes to see if you've covered six and eight in relationship and I'm not seeing it, but correct me if I am wrong. If you haven't covered this one, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Thanks for your time. Okay, so whenever I get questions about relationship pairings, I like to do it in three points. So point one being conflict styles, point two, things that we could unknowingly be doing. And then point three, how do we influence each other or allow ourselves to be influenced by our partner? So let's get into those for you for six and eight. With type eights, they are direct in conflict. They may even crave intensity. They are an assertive type, meaning they are quick to move against in order to get what they want or to get their needs met. They don't mind the need to push through. They're kind of future-oriented, action-oriented, fast-moving. They're also in the reactive group when it comes to conflict styles, meaning they tend to be very reactive to stimuli, things that are happening. They may struggle with being defensive, saying, okay, this is what's happening. Nine-eights tend to cope through denial. So sometimes when conflict arises or when you bring up an issue, they may go, that's not happening. I don't see it. It's not real. And a lot of the eights work, a lot of their growth is in recognizing that it is real. Things are happening to believe the people in their life. So if you are an eight and you're listening to this and you're in relationship and you're like, okay, I do tend to go through denial. I do tend to like lead with that. Listen to yesterday's episode. It's all about kind of opening up to your inner child. It's, it's perfect for you. So check that out. Anyway, back to back to today's episode. 
Type sixes, they in conflict tend to seek both support and independence. So this is the six innate contradiction element, right? You both want to be supported through conflict and you're kind of like, I want to find my own way. I have my own thoughts, my own opinions here. And at the same time, you're going to look for someone who has a stronger opinion that you trust and respect. Additionally, you are in the compliant group. In conflict, you tend to move toward people to get what you want. You kind of tend to want to make other people happy, not let other people down. However, you are also in the reactive group, right there with the eights in your conflict style. You can be defensive. So depending on your subtype, type six, the sexual sixes tend to be on the defensive side more. And the other two sixes may avoid confrontation to kind of keep that peace of mind going on. But the sexual six might just jump right in there, be even more intense than the eight. So it just depends on your subtype there. Now, in general, when it comes to conflict, both of you are going to work on expressing your vulnerabilities and your true emotions, right? Sixes are in the head center. They may not really have a lot of self-trust. They may lead with thinking. Eights tend to want to hide their vulnerabilities and lead with strength. And in conflict with the two of you, if no one is willing to be soft, it's going to be a bit of a struggle, right? So remembering that you chose each other for a reason, how can you stay here and offer softness and vulnerability and get in tune with what you actually feel, what's going on in your body, what you're afraid of happening, like why you're being reactive, right? That's number one. Point two is be cautious of unknowingly. So type six, be aware of this with your type eight. Be cautious of unknowingly letting them take on an authoritative role or replace your need for self-trust. So sixes tend to look for an authority that they respect and kind of follow them. Eights love to take on that authoritarian role or they kind of even unconsciously take on that authoritarian role. And if you're not careful, that eight can kind of take on the authority in your relationship and even in your relationship to yourself. So be conscious of where you end and they begin. Be conscious of your own inner self-trust and building that up, right? Build that muscle of self-trust the eights, they need to learn to ask for help, right? Like they need to build that muscle of being able to come to you for support, come to you when they need things, be willing to show their vulnerability to you so that it can be a more co-supportive relationship. The other thing to be conscious of unknowingly doing is making the eight the main character of your relationship. Assertive types and self-referencing types. <laughs> We're very good at what we want, what we need, what our prerogative is, and going for it. So eights are both self-referencing. I mean, it depends on who you ask in the Enneagram world. If eights are self-referencing, other referencing, or both. I tend to think that they're both, but they do lean in that self-referencing category. They have that in them. They're also reactive. They're also assertive meaning they're going to have no problem doing what they need to do when they need to do it and in the time they want to do it. So if you're not careful, as a six who maybe fears trusting yourself, who maybe has a lot of self-doubt, who tends to question things, who tends to take action much more slowly, make decisions much more consciously, who maybe is a little bit more risk averse depending on your subtype, it can be easy to allow that eight to kind of be the main character of your relationship and lose sight of your own priorities. So just be conscious of that as well. Now type eights, 
be aware of unconsciously or unknowingly not being aware of the need that sixes have for safety and security. This is so important to them. And so be conscious of the things that maybe you do or the ways you might communicate that could feel like a threat to those things. There's nothing wrong with being direct. There's nothing wrong with being honest, but make sure you're pairing that with kindness and empathy and compassion and vulnerability so that you are creating a safe and secure place for the person in your life who values that so much, right? If we take half of that away, it no longer feels so safe and secure. The other thing to keep in mind here, eights, is that you don't have to understand a fear for it to be valid. So if your six comes to you with a concern, with a fear, with something they're they're wrestling with, don't dismiss it so quickly. Don't kind of go, oh, that's not something to worry about. You'll be, you'll be fine. Take time with it. The fastest way, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, eights, but if you are in relationship to a six or anyone who has anxiety in my experience as someone with anxiety, one of the fastest ways to get through that with them is to indulge it, which sounds counterintuitive. It sounds like you're feeding the beast, but you're not. You're actually validating the concern so that they can actually take the oppositional stance. This is particularly important when you are talking to a six because sixes tend to unconsciously play devil's advocate. So if you take the stance of like, okay, let's really lean into this anxiety. What if it were true? Let's play with that they will start taking the other side and start kind of looking on the bright side. Sixes do this thing where they try to balance the energy in a room. So if everybody in the room is happy, they're gonna kind of like bring it down. If everyone in the room is sad, they're gonna kind of wanna bring it up. And so if you're going, you that anxiety is silly, don't worry about it, everything's gonna be fine, there's nothing to worry about guess what they're going to do? They're going to amp that up unconsciously and say, this is absolutely something to be concerned about. I need you to take this very seriously. But if you go, okay, let's take this really seriously. Talk to me about it. Let's really look at this. Then they can go, they can take the side of optimism and the bright side. It releases them, right? So if we unconsciously, one of the things we can unknowingly do with our sixes is dismiss this fear, dismiss their concerns ultimately amplifying them. The other thing to keep in mind here is encourage them out of their comfort zone and support them in risk taking, right? Like let them be a little frivolous, let them know that you have them if it doesn't work out, that there's not going to be giant consequences should a risk that they take not play out. That can be really supportive for them and be conscious yourself of resisting support. If you don't let them support you, then that support ends up being one-sided and ultimately can lead to resentment or to lead to burnout or can lead to just them not feeling like they get to love you the way that you love them, which can feel like they're missing out on a chance to have a reciprocal relationship, even if it's one-sided in, in your direction, right? So keep that in mind. Point three is allow one another to influence each other. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but just in case it's your first time here, one of the key elements in relationship is to allow the other person to influence you. This comes from the work of John Gottman. He talks about how this tends to happen. He, he kind of genders this a little bit, but I see this all the time in both directions, in Enneagram work at least. And so I just want to talk about it 
non-gendered. <laughs> you can find his work if you want to see kind of how he, his research on it. Allow one another to influence each other. I talk about this with Enneagram work all the time. No matter what, whether you're in a relationship or not, you're interacting with other people. And if you see their Enneagram type as something that's a problem that needs to be fixed and is like offensive to you, then you're going to feel resentful and rejecting of them. But if you see them as someone that you can learn from and that can balance you, then you can expand and that relationship can grow. So the idea being remembering that our Enneagram type is not the one right way, that all nine types have something that they bring to the table that is valuable. And if we can open ourselves up to learning from them, then we have the chance to grow in really beautiful and intricate ways. All of that to say in marriage, this is incredibly important because we want to foster connection and not resentment. So what are eights can learn from the type six in their life? Type eights, I hope that you allow sixes to slow down your action, to really think things through, to make a solid plan, to consider all the potential outcomes so that your amazing ability to take quick action and decisive action can be rooted in data and have a higher chance of success. Seek advice. Type sixes, they seek feedback from other people. They go to other people for input. Eights tend to have a really strong sense of self-trust, but may have a hard time asking others for help. So you can learn from your six how to lean on others and seek the counsel of others. Sixes are security oriented. Eights tend to take big physical risks at times, big emotional risks, big financial risks, because if you think about the childhood wound of the eight, this like kind of early betrayal, sometimes maybe even a sense of chaos is more comfortable, then security can actually feel like a threat because it's an unknown. It's something that your body's not used to. But allow the six in your life to influence you to start to see security as a positive thing, as a safe thing, as, as something to build and to crave. Sixes are compliant, right? They move toward people in conflict or when they need to get their needs met. That's an incredible thing that we can learn from them. Sixes also value community and societal support, like having other people kind of circle around you and make sure everything's going to be okay. That's something eights can definitely learn from. Finally, eights, you can soften to ask for support, kind of taking the time to slow down, be vulnerable, and ask for help where you need it. All right, type sixes, things you can learn from the eight in your life. Self-trust, friends. Like, if there is ever a number on the Enneagram that trusts themselves, it is our eights. They have that sense of like, I know what is best here in this situation. I know how to handle it. I am capable. Take that in, learn from it, let it impact you, build that in yourself. Second is they're quick to take action. So similarly, how we want eights to learn to slow down their action by balancing out the six and valuing what the six brings, you can also learn to quicken your action through watching your eight and how they manage risk. Which brings me to taking healthy risks. There's a healthy amount of risk that builds confidence, that builds self-trust, right? Like there's a reason eights have the strongest sense of self-trust. It's because oftentimes they take the most risks. 
putting yourself out of your comfort zone, trying new things, being willing to make mistakes. That is going to give you so much self-trust. So if you want to be influenced by your eight, definitely take healthy risks. Assert your preferences. Choose yourself when you need to, but also balance that with care. I think eights do this typically very well, especially if they have someone they really love or they're taking care of. They advocate for themselves, but they also provide and protect and care for people in their lives. They're very loyal and committed to people, unlike the seven type point, right, where we we take care of ourselves, but we also kind of struggle with that staying power that eights have. So this can be a really amazing thing, the pairing of six and eight, in the sense that you can watch the eight in your life be a loyal, committed person while also advocating for themselves, showing you evidence that that is possible. And then also self-reliance, right? So sixes tend to ask a lot of people opinions, kind of make sure they're sussing out and questioning themselves before they make a big move, leaning on other people, seeking support outside of themselves. But eights have a strong sense of self-reliance. So if you want to be influenced by the eight in your life, maybe through the sense of powering up and really trusting that you can handle what comes your way. And then when it comes to offering help to your eight, you can borrow from them as well. Power up to offer them support. They are looking for who's the strongest in the room. And if they don't see someone stronger than them, then it's got to be them, which means they are now responsible, which is really tricky when it comes to offering someone support because they need to see you be strong before they even know they have a need. So find the areas in which the eight in your life tends to overdo or where they tend to neglect and get strong in that area and be persistent and powerful in your approach to caring for them because they cannot soften or it's very hard for an eight to soften if they feel like strength is not around if there's not strength in the room so you have to challenge them a little bit but at the end of the day six and eight are a very strong pairing if you think about it both are slow to trust but deeply commit once you do so you probably were very conscious about choosing one another and you're probably very committed to one another and that is an incredibly strong bond so Congratulations on your 6-8 pairing, and I hope that this was supportive for you. And as always, friends, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I'll see you tomorrow for the next one. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.